Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. This is episode number eight. Our new podcast is getting off the ground, and we have a variety of eclectic subjects, if you have noticed. Today, we're going to talk to Louis Van Osdell, who has just written an article for the latest edition of the Beyond Today magazine, the July-August 2022 Beyond Today magazine. And the article really struck me. It's entitled, What Are They Teaching Your Children? What are they teaching your children? And what really struck me about the article is that we hear about the different things that are being taught our children, but about gender identity and other subjects that we never really had when we were you know, growing up. And it's creating a real problem. But what really struck me about this article was the tone with which Lewis wrote the article. And uh, it was a plaintive, let's, you know, let's watch out for our children. What are they doing to our kids? Uh, what are they doing to these young minds that are so innocent and have not had any background who are being molded by people who perhaps have a secondary agenda? But anyway, first of all, let me introduce you to Lewis. Welcome, Lewis. Oh, hi, Vic. It's nice to be here. Well, it's really nice to, nice to have you here. I'll just maybe say a few things here about uh, Lewis. Uh, Lewis has been a school teacher. Uh, he is pastor currently in the New York City area, which includes uh, not only the metropolitan area, but parts of Connecticut and New Jersey. But he has a Bachelor of Science degree in industrial technology from Western Washington University and a master's in communication sciences and disorders from the University of Cincinnati. And from the age of 15 to 19, he worked as an assistant teacher in summer education programs for elementary age students. In 27, 28 school year, he was a substitute teacher in Northeast Ohio for students ages five through 18. And the next year he taught design technology to middle school and high school students at Amman Baccalaureate School in Jordan. From 2010 to 2015, he worked as a school-based speech-language pathologist for students from age 4 through 18. So the reason I said all that is that Lewis has had a lot of experience in working with children as a teacher and understands a lot of things about not only teaching but also the psychology of children. And we have been very happy to have him part of our pastoral team is that in 2016, he was hired as a ministerial trainee in Huntsville, Birmingham, Gadsden, Alabama. And then in a very special assignment, he has uh, been sent to Lilongwe, Malawi with his wife, Lena, in 2017. And currently he's pastor of New York City from 2017 to the present time goes by so quickly. So that's quite a um, history. Uh, and also, I didn't even tell you about all the other travel that he has done. He doesn't travel just for fun. He travels to, to learn, to give, to serve. And one of the most notable trips that he has taken was to Zambia when we had a project in the summer there too. So that's all I'll say at this point. So right now I'm going to ask Louis. Tell us about the article that you wrote. What are they teaching your children? What what drove you to motivated you to write this article? Well, uh, it's a, it's a subject that I've I've always been passionate about education. Um, I'm a huge supporter of 
you know, getting an education, uh, teaching our children. It's something that uh, I think I've been very passionate about since I was very young. In fact, I considered becoming a, uh, a teacher from, uh, you know, from a young age. Now, the, uh, this article was uh, the, the editorial team for Beyond Today magazine asked me to, to write this article. They thought I would be a good fit for this topic because I do have some you know, experience in education. So it seemed to fit. Now, this, this article, you know, the topic of this article, what are they teaching your children? I think in many ways, it's, uh, you know, it's somewhat of a, a wake-up call for parents, but also just some information. You know, here's, here's something that seems to be pushed, an agenda that seems to be pushed in public ed- education. And it's almost, you know, uh, I think some parents feel sidelined with such things. And, you know, it's good for them to, to be aware of what is happening, what their children are going through. Well, I know that uh, seeing what's on television, oftentimes school board meetings, where you know parents are, there's a couple of different reactions. One is is that they're just incensed by what they learn, what their children are being introduced to, at the age they're being introduced to. But the other side of it is too is that one one problem with uh, uh, families is that families are not close to their children. The parents are disengaged from their children and really don't know what's going on. And so things are being taught their children that they may not have any idea. Yeah, that's I think that's a huge concern. You know, I think just, you know, in general, parents are, you know, they're trying to support their families. And sometimes there can be not really a a disengagement from the education of their children, but maybe a maybe a trust in the education system. So parents, you know, they, they put their trust in the educators to, to help in, in teaching their children. And so sometimes there, is, uh, there can be a lack of, of knowledge of the specifics of what their children are being taught. Well, that's uh, disturbing when it involves per- very personal areas of, of their lives. I know that uh, when uh, I was going to kindergarten, Teachers were not even allowed to talk about their marriage. They were not allowed to talk about, uh, we had Miss R. <laughs> her name was Rindler Spocker, and so we called her Miss R. And she was called that, you know, we, you know, and they were all, I think they were all pretty much Miss. Uh, and people didn't know what their life was like or any of that type of thing. The teacher didn't talk about their recreation or anything because their job was to be the pedagogue to be the teacher of the children in subjects that were very, very uh, straightforward, dealing with basic skills, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and that sort of thing. But now we find, but now we find our teachers and we find our educational system creeping into pretty much the insides of our children. And it's not only the sexuality that is a question, but that eventually will affect their relationship with their religion, their faith, taboo subjects. They were subjects that were not to be talked about because they were being, our nation was protected from having a national religion. Any comments? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's very true. I mean, you know, there used to be more of a, I don't know, a disconnect, I'd say, between personal life and education. You know, the focus was on the material that was being taught rather than on you know, building a relationship with the teacher or, you know, social socialization. I mean, those are all, you know, those are elements of 
of the environment of a, of a school. I mean, when you're with people, you build relationships, you do socialize, you learn that way as well. But I think there, there used to be more of a focus on the material uh, and less on other factors. But as we've, as we've seen, you know, we see the, the ways that, that uh, we see elements of society creeping into education. And in fact, uh, mixing together more so than, than we used to see. Well, that's one thing too. But you know, Lewis, one thing that really struck me too is another side to this uh, relationship between education, between the educational system and our children is what I had kind of known about the Soviet system of education. Under the Soviet communist government from 1917 to when it collapsed in 1991, the education of children was very, very controlled. Their faith was dictated for them. My mother grew up in a school where they were taught that there was no God. It's you know, there's no, no God. And in fact, if teachers found out that parents were teaching their children clandestinely about things, they would go to their, they would go to the parents uh, and they would get that information, ferret that information out from the students about their parents. And to me, now we have a slightly different variation of that, but we really have the educational system, for that matter, the government becoming involved in the development of mores, values, and even religion. Yeah, that's very true. And it's almost in, in the, uh, the attempt to make things, to make everybody tolerant and, and equal, their society and you know government who who writes the curricula for for schools are trying to you know they're trying to remove biblical religion b- biblical christianity and bring everything else in it's almost like like it's a removal of the bible a remove a removal of of god and placing everything else in the education system bringing presenting everything but the bible to our students it's making the Bible not inclusive. I mean, the Bible should be inclusive as much as anybody else. You know, why should the Bible be uh, held with prejudice? Exactly. And that's, you know, I think that's uh, the fear that, you know, when we see parents uh, coming before school boards, that's part of that fear, part of the, you know, the disagreement that parents are having in, in those situations. It's just, you know, it's almost like, well, why are all these other, these other beliefs coming in? Why are our children being being forced to to learn about all these other beliefs but not uh, allowed to learn about the the bible or believe in the bible to believe the the things that that are in the bible are true well one thing that we started our discussion here with a question that i had which actually is what you stated your article there's a major secondary goal of education that's coming to the forefront in the curriculum in the western world where is this going there are people who are sitting there in, in their meetings. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan that we have for how we want our children to become. How is that done? Where's it going? Well, that's, that's uh, you know, it's kind of a complex issue. You know, on the, uh, on the outside, it kind of seems like an altruistic push, altruistic agenda in, in equality and education and bringing people together in allowing people to see what's happening in the world from from the viewpoint of other people but is what we're seeing is there's there's a an ideology or a way of looking at things sometimes called critical theory and there are different types of critical theory that actually look at society 
um, with the intent of critiquing society and changing society. The difficulty is when that lens is, is based on, on something that is not true, that is not biblical, then the entire outlook is of, you know, based on a false premise and an unbiblical premise. And so we're seeing in, in our schools this, this lens of gender and gender theory, uh, sometimes referred to as gender studies. It's, it's a way of looking at society through the idea that gender is a social and cultural construct. And, you know, I mean, at, at, the, at the base of things, you know, we could, we could honestly say everybody should have the ability to choose how they, they live. We're allowed, you know, we should be able to choose the religion that we, that we follow. However, through this lens, it seems that this uh, ideology, the, this way of looking at things is being pushed into the, the curriculum, pushed into the education system. And so our children are not allowed to freely see the, you know, the education material except through this lens. We're, we're dealing with, with, you know, in many cases, most cases, small children who are developing, their, their minds aren't fully developed. Their, um, you know, what they understand, what they believe is being developed at these, at these young ages. And so instead of having them thoroughly taught and, you know, looking through the world through the lens of the Bible, they're looking through a different lens. And so that's going to influence their thinking and potentially influence the things that they believe in and how they live their lives. Lewis, can you put in a few words here what critical gender theory is you know critical race critical race theory you know was one thing now we hear the word this is now a critical gender theory what does that mean well basically in this you know some people use this term some people have different terms that they'll they'll use but essentially critical gender theory is looking at society through the idea that gender is a social and cultural construct rather than a constant. And so, you know, it's analyzing society and, and trying to, to push for changes based on the idea that, that sex and gender are fluid, that they're, they aren't con constants. Essentially, it's, it's, it's a push to try to get everyone to, to look at the world that way. You know, you look at, at children, the nature of, of children, the nature of how God has created us, man and woman, male and female, there are certain you know, certain natural tendencies that exist. And that's, that's how God designed it. Well, in uh, the teaching of children, biblically, we know from Deuteronomy that there was a great deal of, of attention that is spoken of to have parents teach their children certain things that were family dynamics. In fact, there's uh, very little in the Bible about organized education, not that, not that it shouldn't be, but so much of very basic solid values are those that come from mom, dad, both to male and female children. You know, I think that, uh, well, we see, I mean, even, you know, through the history of our, our country here in the U.S., you know, we see, we, we see less focus on, on the home and, and family and more focus on, on the world, what's going on in society. And even our education system is, is taken out of the home. You know, it's, it's removed almost completely from the home, aside from, you know, maybe homework, a few assignments, and students who are educated by their parents at home. But the majority of, of students, they learn out away from their parents. The majority of their, you know, their, their uh, growing up years, their educational years. I know that when I was in grade school, 
we had an event uh, once a year, maybe it was even twice a year, where the parents were invited in the evening to talk to the teachers. The students were invited to come along too. And I remember being with my mom and sitting there talking to my teacher, and the teacher would kind of just in a general way just discuss class and what we were learning and perhaps say some nice things about uh, about the student. But it was kind of all working together, not being commodities, to, but it was something that had a, had a relationship built to it. Yeah, you know, I think that parents used to be more involved in, in getting to know the, the teachers. And there, you know, not to say that no parents are. I mean, there are parents who do a good job of getting involved in their children's education and, and getting to know the teachers and you know, working with their children on, on what they're learning and, and being involved that way. But we see, in general, less and less of that. And that can be, that can be an issue. You know, instead of seeing, it used to be uh, teachers in schools in general, and I, I say that in general because I've seen, you know, I've worked with some, some wonderful teachers in some, some good schools that I think did a, a good job of involving parents. But in general, there, especially with these these ideologies, these agendas that are being pushed, we see a separation between parents and the children, and it's influenced sometimes by the the teachers, by the curriculum, by counselors, educators in the schools. That's very, very, very true in the way you wrote it, Lewis. Now let's talk about what we can do about this, how we can deal with some of this ideological indoctrination. Are there any practical things? I know that we see the most dramatic things with board meetings and, and angry parents and, and the domestic terrorism being you know, mentioned because people get violent. But what really can be done to protect our children and what can we do to devise the readers of Beyond Today magazine and for that matter of all the other things that we produce? Well, this is, that's a great question because you know, a lot of times I think parents might feel helpless to do anything. Now, I'm not going to recommend that, you know, parents start, you know, uh, standing up to the, you know, the, the school board, you know, or writing stern letters or whatever else or protesting. I'm not going to recommend that. I also can't, I can't recommend that, that parents remove their children from public schools. Uh, there are a lot of parents who don't have that luxury of choice. You know, there are some parents who can, you know, educate their, their children, their own children at home, uh, but there are many who can't in and out of the church. But I think that the, the biggest thing that, that parents should keep in mind is that they are ultimately responsible for what their children are taught. And the, the greatest thing, not necessarily, you know, all of the, the basic reading, writing, arithmetic, basic knowledge that, we, that, that children need to be successful in, in you know, in the world, in, in jobs, but in the, the education that is most important, and that is edu education about the Bible. And the truth of God. God has given us a great truth. He's given us direction. He's given us uh, guidelines. And it's the, the responsibility of parents to teach their children these things. And it's, it's a, it is a huge responsibility, but it's also a beautiful obligation that parents have the opportunity to partake of. Well, there are certain things that I know from my parents that were so very valuable. And I am very, very fortunate, very, very fortunate to have had good parents that were interested in our development. They made sure we had music lessons. They made sure we had some other tutoring as well. Plus, they sat us down and talked to us about habits that we needed to have. And one of the greatest ones was to be thankful. 
my father always taught my brother and I and, of course, our sisters, you know, to be very, very thankful for the things that we have in this country. Overseas, uh, they said, be thankful for the freedoms that we have here. Be thankful for what people uh, are able to share. And that is something which came really from parents more than anything else. I know that good manners can be taught in school. But some of that very, very personal type of thing is very specialized and taught in families. So, Lewis, uh, what's ahead now? We've had a lot of commotion in our society, uh, our civilization in, in our society itself, and it's disturbing. What, what do you see? Well, I mean, if we look at it, you know, what we see ahead of us and also what we see prophesied about the future, you know, a lot of things do look very difficult, we could say. Not necessarily bleak, but very difficult. Uh, Jesus, when he prayed to his father before his crucifixion, he didn't pray that, that God would remove us from the world. He prayed that we would be protected. So we need that connection with God. Now, Jesus prophesied that the love of many would grow cold because of lawlessness, because of a lack of willingness or understanding to, that we need to follow God's laws. And, you know, we're going to see more and more of that. This is, you know, the, the agendas that are being pushed in, in the, the world of education are part of that. It's a rejection of the, the laws and standards, the morals that God has set out. And we're going to, based on what we read in the Bible, we're going to see more and more of that. Our, our obligation in that is to stay close to God, to, to keep to our standards, to keep to what God has, has told us. And also to, you know, work with our children, talk with them. Like you mentioned, you know, your parents, they, they, they talked with you. They listened to what you had to say. They were involved in your, your life. And that is what parents, and that's what children need from their parents. They need their parents to be involved in their lives, to, to support them, and, and ultimately to prepare them to make responsibilities or responsible choices, to prepare them to make responsible choices themselves when they become adults. Right. It uh, appears like the most important thing that our parents could do, that we can do to our children, is to double down in our responsibility and awareness of what's going on and be able to counter it. I know, frankly, with uh, my grandkids too, you know, I'm kind of, when we go visit with them, I try to hear what they have to say. And, you know, they know that I'm a minister, you know, that I represent a certain, certain values uh, of things that I tell them that here are the right things to do. Now, they are in a good family, my very good Christian family, but I do feel it's very important to talk about these things, to talk about good habits, to even find out from them what they think about what they are hearing in school. I mean, if the teachers are interested in what the children have to say about what's at home, we should be interested in what they have to say about what comes from their teachers. Absolutely. I mean, uh, children, I mean, you know, sometimes children aren't, aren't willing to just open up about everything, but sometimes they are. And if, if we're ready to, to hear them out, to listen to them, they're going to be more willing to open up and, and uh, you know, open that dialogue so that we can know what's happening in their lives. I know that uh, when we grow up, we may not show respect to our parents. You know, our mom, you know, is always meddling with us, wanting to find out what we're doing and every and all that kind of thing. But then as we get older, we say, oh, I, she was right. <laughs> and our parents are gone. We wish we could have them back again. We, we need to be able to come across to our children as, as very, very valuable 
as a valuable resource who loves them, who provides for them, and for that matter, provides their education and their root values. Yes, uh, absolutely. Parents need to, to be those uh, builders of a good foundation, of their root values. You know, Deuteronomy 6 always comes to mind when we think about parents teaching children. Uh, God commanded his, his people to, to teach them. And it says diligently in that chapter, diligently teach your children the, the ways of God, the commands of God. Talk about them. Um, talk about them when you're in your house sitting, when you're walking, when you're working together when you're getting ready for bed and when you wake up in the morning. Parents have that the, the opportunity to provide a godly environment for their children at, from a very young age and to give them a good foundation. And the, the hope is that our children, the next generation, will build on that foundation, that they'll continue to, to look to God for their standards and look to their parents for advice and, and guidance as well. And to, to make those choices themselves, to have that personal relationship with God. Well, that's a very, very good point. I know that in Deuteronomy it does say, it may even sound repetitious, but it's probably more applicable now to be talking about these things from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time that you go to bed. I know that in our summer camp program, I know that we have a theme. That theme is reinforced many times. Yes, and that, that repetition, you're right, does, it benefits uh, in, in you know, the Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that repetition is part of that, training up a child. Uh, they remember, they hear things. And they, you know, children, they hear a lot, a lot more things and understand a lot more things than sometimes we give them credit. Well, Lewis, it's been great talking to you. It's been great talking to the author of the article in the current issue of Beyond Today. What are they teaching your children? What are they teaching your children, which is very, very wonderfully written and I feel has a very important and sobering message to families who have children in public schools or for that matter, any kind of education you know, around us that teaches certain things that are alien to very, very important values. So is there anything else, uh, Lewis, that you would like to say? Well, I did come across a psalm, a beautiful psalm that looks to the future, that looks to the hope of mankind. Psalm 22, verses 27 and 28, and I actually came across this because my mother was sharing this psalm on, on Facebook. So I'm, I'm still learning from my mother all the time. Uh, psalm 22, verse 27, it says, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and He rules over the nations. That's the, the future that we have to look forward to. That's the hope that we have been given from our God that one day all families, all nations will come to understand the truth and will seek it from God. And we have a chance to be part of that and prepare our children now for that beautiful kingdom that is to come. Well, thank you very much. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today on The Cubic Report. Please let a friend know about our podcast. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pocket Caster, Podchaser, Podbean, and soon many more. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future podcasts, write to me at vcubic at gmail.com. That's vcubic, V-K-U-B-I-K, at gmail.com. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for listening. 
come back soon for more.